0: We are a city on the rise Forging into the future From our ironed out past We are a city of fire and water Of trees and towers Built through generations of blue collars And the brightest scholars And all of those who have worked harder We hold tight to our roots And set our sights on tomorrow And this is our team that has stood with our city for more than a century, from old municipal to the corner of Carnegie. A team that has seen its own progress and prosperity. Its history flows like the river through the heart of this city. The history that has given us miraculous moments. Moments that spanned years and others in 22 games. Moments that broke barriers of moments that broke hearts. Moments that prove this is more than a game. We remember those moments as we move forward with change. You see, it has always been Cleveland that's the best part of our name. And now it's time to unite as one family, one community, to build the next era for this team and this city, to keep watch and guard what makes this game the greatest, to come together and welcome all who want to join us. We are loyal and proud and resilient. We protect what we've earned and always defend it. Together we stand with all who understand what it means to be born and built from the land. Because this is the city we love and the game we believe in. And together we are all Cleveland Guardians.
1: Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 145 of the Sports Podcast. Wow, what a week it has been since the last time we talked, Anthony. A lot of changes in the world of sports. A lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. but most important change is we're trading in the IN of the Indians for a GUAR to become the Guardians. Yeah, it's nice to be back, first of all. I spent
2: uh, a couple weeks off uh, with some family stuff and a wedding. Obviously, that was uh, the biggest thing. And uh, congratulations again to my sister. I know a little uh, kind of plug there. Then, uh, some family stuff after that, not the greatest. But it's nice to be back. And, yeah, what a uh, couple weeks it's been, huh? We uh, leave 144 as the Indians, and now uh, we get 145 as the Guardians. And I believe, Tim, Somewhere you fans can go back last July or maybe even earlier. That was the name that I uh, pounded the table for. I was uh, pounding the table for Guardians.
1: Yes, you did. That's yeah. what I wanted. Yes, you did. And matter of fact, uh, here's that part right now. I know there's a big push for the spiders, which I, get. I don't
2: want the spiders.
1: I don't care. I mean, I'm not. I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm just not in love with it. All oh, for it. Yeah. However, I've uh, had fun with this, and I want to go back to the tradition of naming it after your manager. Yes. And I want the Fighting Franconas. Hey. The Cleveland Fighting Franconas.
2: And you can put Tito's
1: face on there with that smile with a little
2: pudgy bubble gum and uh, chewing tobacco. Well, you know what?
1: It works two ways, too. Not only do you honor your manager, which is the history of the Indians. Mm Mm-hmm or the, the baseball club in Cleveland. Yeah. But not only did Terry Francona's father, Tito, play for the Indians, mm-hmm. so did Terry Francona, yeah. and he manages the club now. So you kind of get the history of the Indians, and you name the team after uh, Terry Francona, which will never happen. But I, I find it fun to, to, to throw it out there every time I hear name the team, and I keep saying, uh the fighting Franconas.
2: I never really thought about a nickname like you. i really never had a favorite. It's honestly, I'm still gonna go to the game. I'm still, you know, through the but today I was reading an article, Tim, and it wasn't really an article, it was like a blog by a fan, and he's younger than me. And he's and he started off by saying that this is difficult for him because like us, all we've known is the Cleveland Indians. But he said, if this must come about, he is suggesting the team be renamed the Cleveland Guardians, and he went on to explain his logic, saying that you want a team nickname to be something tied in with the city, with the region, with the area. We've used spiders, you don't want the Guardians because of the guard statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge as you enter downtown Cleveland and you get off right by the stadium. And I never thought about that until today when I read the blog and I'm thinking most people from Cuyahoga County up that area, and even you and I, know of the guardian statues on the Hope Memorial Bridge that is the introduction to major League But I thought that was a pretty cool idea and good logic and reasoning. um, If we are to change the nickname,
1: and of course, when we opened up the podcast, we heard Tom Hanks talk about as the announcement came. Many of you heard that. We just played that for you before the start of the podcast. But yeah, the Indians uh, will finish this season as the final year, and uh, we'll have to get used to saying the Guardians. Yeah, this will be a little weird. I got yeah, yeah, and. I Let me say this. No matter what name they chose, there was going to be opposition yes. to it. Strong opposition to it. Absolutely. Yes. They could have chose the King Ants, mm-hmm. and everyone yes. would have hated them. Yeah. Or the Spiders, or the Blues, well, or the Broncos, or any other previous the, the coordination. Baca exactly.
2: Right. Yeah. Whatever they would have chosen, there would have been strong visceral reaction, because A... It's the ending of a team name that they've known for their whole life. Well, it's it's been over a hundred years, right?
1: Right. Nineteen fifteen. It was the first year exactly. of the Cleveland Indians.
2: Um, and you know, so when you go over a hundred years, a century, having the same thing, hey, that's pretty impressive. It you know, is. That is really impressive, especially in the world of sports where everything is changing. B, And the main reason I think People just want to bitch to bitch I mean Excuse my language But people just want to complain to complain Yes if I, And I even go this far I think I think there would still be Strong reaction Maybe not as strong as an outcry If they were A little bit better this year But people just want to bitch to bitch I agree And, and 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 the funny thing to me is and we've talked about this it's not like Friday morning we woke up and Dolan and Antonetti and the powers that be in the Indians woke up and said you know what we're done being in the, the Indians we're the guardians we're going to make it happen from here on out no this has been a almost four year process really when the Chief Wahoo started to become a main talking point two, two years ago when they transitioned to the sea and started removing Wahoo um, to last year, and they said, you know what, we're going to give a strong consideration and uh, come up with a new name change. So it's been over a year for fans to digest and get ready for this day. Look, we knew it was was going to suck when it comes. But at the end of the day, did did you become a fan of the Cleveland baseball franchise because of the name Indians?
1: No, of no, course not. I
2: didn't either. If you became a na- a fan,
1: because of the name or logo,
2: even were you really
1: a fan in the first place? Well, I will say this: sure, I'm sure as a young person, meaning three, four, yeah. five years old, you're attracted to certain emblems yeah. and colors and stuff like that. And there are people who have done that, and that's fine. But usually, it's not regional. No, and when most people are introduced to a sports club mm-hmm. it's regional yes not all but most or there's a connection of some sort yes. to that either family members yes. or yes. uh you, you know maybe they your family once lived you know yes. whatever mm-hmm. area you're talking about there are the the exception to the rule where it's a brand new team and you just happen to follow them and yep. you become a fan of them. Yeah. Or a sport that not necessarily is in your backyard. Like, for example, I've let it be known many times that I am a lot. I'm a Vegas Knight yes. fan. Yes, you are. Well, the Pittsburgh Penguins are just across the road from us, right? And they have been there for you know Here. 50 years, yes. if not longer. Nothing against the Penguins. I've never rooted against the Penguins. But I'm a Cleveland guy. Yes, exactly. When I was young, the Barons were around. Now, they folded quickly. Yes. And I was a Barons fan. But I didn't really watch hockey because it wasn't on. I was Mm -hmm. very young at the time. And they folded and they became the North Stars and the Rockies back in the day. So, I was never really had a. A, a hockey team. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was times where I was like, oh, I'll root for Montreal yeah. or I'll root for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. or I'll root – I just rooted for anybody. But you never had a
2: tie. No, never you had never any had future, any yeah. reason
1: to it. Because I was such a poker fan mm-hmm. back 15 years ago and 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when the Knights became in existence and all the Twitter follows that I had and – just a storybook year they had, and quite honest, their Twitter follow for the nice was the most hysterical tr- Twitter <laughs> I've ever read for a sports team when it first began. And I just said, this is it. This is my team. Yeah. And that's the way it began, and that's the way it is today. But for the most part, other than them, I am a Northeast Ohio fan. <laughs> I'm a Bronze fan. I'm a Cavs fan. I'm a, you know... An Indians fan, I'm a Buckeye fan, mm-hmm. I'm a Penguins yep. fan, being Youngstown yep. State. Now, you can find others who'll switch in and out. You'll find Steelers fans who'll miss it'll, and it'll match. Be fans, yeah. Or be Buckeye Bons fans yes. and stuff yeah, like that. Right. I mean, that's not uncommon. I got a couple of work or oh, sure, to friends, but Buckeye fans. Right. And they usually have a tie to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. that's made them the, uh, a yeah. the Steelers fan. I wouldn't want to root for Pittsburgh either. But... You know, but, you know. Back in the 70s, you did. and, and you Back did. in the 80, early 80s, oh, yeah, you, you did. did. Yeah, and Pitt did. was really good back then. And then they, you know, been really Lobby up and down. down. Yeah. yeah, not as good in some years and better in other years. Um, but that's a different story. So, the answer to your question is no. You usually have a regional connection yeah. to your teams. And that's not uncommon. And... I will say this, and rumors came out at All-Star break, Guardians was going to be the choice. Mm-hmm. My initial reaction was, really? They have a chance to do something special and unique and different, and they went with the safest, easiest, most traditional choice they could possibly come up for Cleveland. And I was like, well, that fits the Dolans. That's who they yes. are. Yes. And yep. that's fine. And that's the way I look at it. Now, does not mean I'm going to hate the Guardian's name? No. It's just I, when I seen it, I thought it was the most predictable and the safest choice that was available to them. I think, I think you cool. could have chose almost anything to represent the city of Cleveland and Cleveland and region and Northeast Ohio, oh, yeah. and you would have been fine. You could have even picked an animal, and most people will be like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's yeah. different. Because we don't have that, I mean, uh, no. the you know the Bengals are the closest you know type of, of an animal, easy, right? Yeah. You know, uh, obviously the Penguins yeah. here in Pittsburgh, but um, that's to me that's what it was all about. So, I personally thought the Guardians, you know, and quite honestly, I think the one of the main reasons they chose it, and he, there's no way to tell this, but I believe it. It almost is the Indians. Like I said, it's Guardians, Indians. They rhyme. Yeah, and when you go into the script, look, it's similar. Uh, you know, the logo, okay, I agree with that. anybody else says the logo looks like a two-year-old druid. Uh, for the most part, I agree. But, again, I think they were worried about trademarks. And they wanted something that represented baseball and also what they have. The trademarks can change. Yes, and once they gain certain trademarks in the future, I won't be surprised. The Rockies changed their yeah. emblem. The Rays. I mean, the Devil Rays down to the Rays. Um, well,
2: we've
1: seen the Denver Broncos change their logo, too. Right. So, uh, Logos come and go. Some stay. Some become iconic. Baseball, they become iconic because they're usually on your on your hat, yeah. like the Yankees. That's iconic. The interwoven yeah. and you know, N. Y. Uh, there's the L. A. Dodgers. I mean, there are some iconic. hats. I think also
2: um, the reason for the Guardian logo with the baseball and the G. I understand what they were trying to get at. The, you know. Only you and I would know that the two-seam fastball grip and it's a surround of a baseball for their pitching-rich history. Kind of cheesy, but I understand the way they went. But I also kind of feel like they weren't even going to try to mimic a Guardian logo statue because it could be conceived as. Native American ask Made with the headdress And they want to stay so far away from that They don't want to dip their toes in that Because yeah. they don't want to Show like this was a Half-assed effort at Changing the name and listening
1: to that Yes, if you went from Chief Wahoo To, to a, yeah. like a Gladiator Guardian kind of thing right. It could be, that's a legitimate point. I, I think that's a fair and, point. I think you know, they wanted a
2: clean break. They, they wanted to get away. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the future, like you said, that they yeah. change and progress and sure
1: dialogue, they can. The Cavaliers logo has changed over the years.
2: And the color schemes have, too. Every yes. Um, and that's my
1: point. Look, we talked about this last year. We thought the color scheme would stay the same. I'm it glad did. It has. And it needed to stay the same. They made the right choice there. As for the name Guardians, like I said, wouldn't have been my first choice? It doesn't matter what my first choice was. Like I said, to me, this was the safest way for the Indians to go, the organization to go. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with being safe. It's not—I think the Spiders would have been a huge gamble. Yes. Uh, and it would have been uniquely different than anything else. They also run into trademarks with the University Richard, of Richmond, Richmond and, and there's other places. Yeah. But uh, obviously the Rockers, Baku, in the Cavaliers own yeah, that. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem. If they chose that, if they ended up with that trademark and they chose that, I would have been 100% fine with it simply because it's part of Cleveland. Yes. And like I mentioned in hockey, There were once the Colorado Rockies in the NHL. Mm -hmm. Okay, but now there's the Rockies in baseball. So it's been done before. It's all a matter of rebranding and what trademarks you can get and how you can, you know, market it going forward. The Guardians is fine. It's not my first choice, but it doesn't matter. Going back to the logo real quick before I get on
2: to what I want to talk about with the name and the reasoning behind that um i like the change c that's that's i wish they would have gone back to the crooked C. yeah i think everybody could but you know what i understand this is why similar they, i understand why they did what they did um i give them credit for trying to get these you know the font of the script similar to you know what they currently have, what sure. they have, and all of that. Um, but now let me get to. Guardians. I think you understand it, or I know you understand it. But I've gotten a lot of, really, why are the guardians? Like I, I was answering texts and emails today of guardians. Really, why are the guardians? Like, why you got change your name to the guardians? And ever since. Now, it's never been a secret that the whole Cleveland thing is Cleveland against the world. And we're going to defend the land. That was the Cavs slogan when they won the finals. Um, the Indians and Cavs shared that. It was always protect the land. A guardian is there to protect, look over, watch over a family. Ever since Terry Francona got here, he has said on multiple times, it takes all of us the fans, the players, the minor league system, the front office, the training staff to buy in, to get this done to get it to where we want it to be and we're always evolving we're always progressing and that's what Mr. Dolan said in his his press conference is Cleveland's progressing it's evolving, it's changing Um, the Native American Indians when they first settled here were known as guardians of the earth I found that out Saturday, I did not know that
1: that's the first I've I I heard found about it. Out when
2: I was listening to the Dan River show, a group of Native Americans, the uh, Cherokee Indians called a group of Cherokee Indians called and said that their ancestors were known as guardians of the earth. I did not know that. That is pretty cool. Um, also, the Indians big thing is the corner. Tom Hamilton says it a- guaranteed twice a night. <laughs> and we're underway at the corner of Connecticut, Ontario, and when we win ball game the final score from the corner of Carnegie and Ontario is, you know, such and such. Everybody says it. It has its own special spot in right field, a bar. Um, but more so, the corner of Carnegie and Ontario has been a place where we've had a lot of memories, a lot of fun memories, a lot of getting together with your family and defending the land. 2016 to the 22-game win streak to, you know, countless other memories to World Series appearances in the 90s to the 455 consecutive sell-off streak, which uh, the Red Sox broke a couple years ago. But all that comes to a point at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, which the Hope Memorial Bridge starts at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario and spans the whole Cuyahoga River. On that bridge are eight guardian statues which hold different forms of transportation. The guardians of transportation. Each statue looks over progressive field. The guardian bridge, as it's nicknamed, meets at the corner where all this started, where all this comes together every night where all of it continues and we keep progressing. So that is why, and that is the first scene in both Major League movies, are the guardian statues of the Hope Memorial Bridge. It's been in our past. It's going to be a part of our future. Look, can people say it's cheesy and stupid? Yeah, and I can understand why people would think that say the same about indians spiders walleyes buckeyes whatever they chose there's always going to be pushback you know i read something online i disagree with it but you know somebody said same people complaining about the name guardians are the same people that cheer for a college team who's based after a tree nut And they root for a professional football team named after an old rich white guy. So, look, I can understand the the pushback. I hope that we have. Um, we're not going to persuade. My goal is not to persuade persuade people people to like the name Guardians. I care less if you like the name Guardians, because at the end of the day, if we like the Cleveland baseball club, that's all that matters. Because when it boils down to it, or Cleveland, right, we're still going to have Jose Ramirez. The guys are still going to be there. Hope to God we still have Terry Francona. You know, we're always going to have, you know, I thought Paul Hoyne said best. I don't know if you read his article. No, I did not. Basically, and I I agree with Paul Hoyne, I disagree with him. And that's the sign of a good journalist. Um, You know, you, you know. Basically he wrote an article saying Leave a spot in your heart for the Indians because we're always going to be the Indians. They will always be in your heart as the Indians. That's not going to go away. The history that you grew up, the Lund Barker perfect game, you know, all the players that you fell in love with that donned the Indians jersey, you know, it's always going to be a part of the Indians. He said, Keep a part of the Indians in your heart. But also, you have some room for the Guardians because at the end of the day, whether they're the Spiders, the Guardians, the Buckeyes, whatever they are,
1: they're still Cleveland. And that's why we love them. Well, that's exactly what the Tom Hanks video basically says. And I says. thought Tom
2: Hanks today phenomenal. Well, I mean, that was, come on. That was not— Did not know Tom Hanks of the a tri fan though, until I watched the video. Really? I did not because I knew he was from the Bay Area. So I just assumed— because when he grew up, the Raiders were really good. The A's were good growing up. I just assumed that he was a Bay Area Okay. Thing.
1: Long story short, it's been told many times. He tells it better than anybody. When he was just getting started mm-hmm. in his acting career, the first paying job he ever had was in Cleveland for a summer, like an intern. Mm-hmm. And I think he made like 50 bucks a week. It wasn't a lot <laughs> yeah, of money. Much. And Maybe it was $50 a month. I don't know what the number was. It doesn't matter. And one of the thing he did is he used to go to Old Municipal and watch the Indians. The Indians were dirt cheap to go see. Yep. And that's how he became an Indians fan. And he has been basically his entire mm-hmm. adult life. Uh, matter of fact, in 2016, if you remember, he hosts Saturday Night Live. Yes. And the, yes. at the end of the night, he goes, I know everyone's rooting for Chicago, but let me just say this. Go Tribe. Yep. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was something yeah. similar to that. And that is who he is. And he always has been, mm-hmm. uh, you know, him and Drew Carey are the, probably the most famous yeah. Cleveland Indian fans yeah. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just who he was. I thought he did a great job on it. Oh, I thought that was And, I, you know, the Indians produced all that. Look, you have to do something. Yeah. That's how they did it. I don't have a problem with it. It was... Really, for a two-minute video, I thought, well-produced. Hey, two minutes, it gave me chills. Well, again, you had to do something to catch your attention. Yep. You couldn't just say, here were the Guardians. Yes. Yeah. You had to do something. You couldn't do, maybe 20, 30 years ago, you could
2: have held a press conference.
1: And That's basically what happened in Washington 20, you know, 30 years ago when they, they became the Wizards. Yes. the They had a press conference. And the owner basically said, on oh, that wizards. day, you know, we are now officially the Wizards. But and he now- gave his reasons for the change. Yeah. And that's when, in the 80s, they be- they became the Wizards over the Bullets. But now, like you mentioned, you have to do something like that because we are in a day and age of social media. It's just, yeah, the world has changed. And nothing wrong. I mean... How fast this has happened is really remarkable because it it was this time a year ago where Washington dropped the Redskins Redskins, and became the Washington football team. And within hours of that, the Indians Indians announced that they were going to look in the opportunity and see if it changed with me. They announced they were going to make a change. I think it was in November. Yes. After the season ended, so from November to, now, to July, and they've already picked a name. I mean, that remember, you look at Washington football team, they, they still—and and they may not have a, a name may, for a while. The
2: Indians came out and said, if we don't have a everything in order, we're going to keep it as the Indians until 2023. You know, they— they came out and said we may not decisions have had to be made. Yeah.
1: Decisions had to be made. They figured out a way. Whatever the process was done, like I said, in my opinion, safest name in the world to choose was the Guardians. They chose it. It is what it will be. Time will tell if it will work. Everything just like a trade in baseball. You can't judge a trade on trade day. It takes 5 6 years mm-hmm. to really judge a trade. You look at the Andrew Miller trade. Really, who did the Indians give up? Honestly,
2: Justice Sheffield, and he's a five-inning, 4.5 ERA guy in Seattle right now who didn't even laugh with New York. He didn't even make a debut with New York. And an outfielder. And who's hitting 190, 170, who can't play defense. Right, and they gave up three
1: other players. They've all made it to the majors, but they haven't done anything. Yeah. So when that trade was made, it looked like the Indians gave up a lot. That was a heist. I mean, it looked like New York York knew what they were doing and got great players. Yeah, Yeah, because Frazier and... So what happened? Miller played two and a half seasons for the Indians. We went to Game 7 of the World Series. We made the playoffs two consecutive years with him in the bullpen. Probably had his best years of his career. And, you know, he's now with St. Louis and... Not necessarily the same pitcher he was. He was kind of the same pitcher he was when the, when at the end of his yeah. Indians' yeah. time. But my point is, you can't judge a trade the day it happens. You can talk about it. Mm-hmm. You can give an opinion like, wow, they gave up a boatload. Well, they did give up a lot at the time, but not all trades work both ways. Speaking of trades, and I know
2: you can't say—and I agree with you. I don't think you can— Fully graded trade until a couple years down the line. However, because it's who they are,
1: the Pirates got fleeced yesterday. Possibly. I mean, Frazier's a good player, don't get me wrong, but they knew He's they were a to trade hit leader. Yeah. Well, here's
2: my thing is, and those players could turn out to be good major league players for the Pirates and they could help them. The thing that I don't understand is you give. One point four million dollars. Also,
1: I, I, I again, I don't know the don't finances know, yeah, involved. I don't, I don't know what players that, are coming yeah. back and all that. Uh, obviously, the players you're getting from San Diego, and San Diego is rich with players, extremely rich, was why he made the trade and willing to give up the one point yeah. five million along with it to get those players. We're not going to be able to judge that for two, three years from now until those players have an opportunity. To grow into who they are and become the players at the major league level. When in baseball, when you're trading an established player for futures, mm-hmm. you can't judge the trade. Years ago when you traded major league players for major, major league, league players, players, you could judge it pretty much right away. And say, Oh man, they sleep they they got five players but they got nobody. Yeah. Okay. Or whatever the case may be. You just don't – you can't judge trades that way no more. It takes time. And you look at the Indians' trades over the last few years. Well, yeah, they've gotten major league players in the last few years, but they've also given up some stuff. They've given up pitching, major league pitching. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brad Hand, you know. uh, uh, Everybody, though, as
2: you mentioned, though, they've given up all these pitchers. None of them are currently pitching right now. Well,
1: that's my point. Well, that's not even my point. My point is you were giving up established major yes. league pitching, starting pitching, yep. you know, uh, Kluber and, and C- C- Clevenger Carrasco. and Bowers yep. and Carrasco. You gave up major league yep. pitchers, starting pitching staff. OK, you mm-hmm. traded all those four players away. You did get some major league players in return. Mm-hmm. Now, some of them are injured. Some of them are, you know, you may think, well, it may not work out. But again, you got Reyes in, in the Clevenger
0: deal. In trade.
1: Bauer, t- trade. And that's turned to be a steal right now. Right. Uh, you just don't you, don't. you got Naylor. Right. Naylor Plano, last year, exactly. And Aries
2: last year right. for Clevenger. Right. And so just... far, that's worked in the Indians' favor because Clevenger has a pitch. Now, he can run right. a couple of with the Padres. We don't know.
1: We know Clevenger, if he's healthy, he's a good pitcher. Yes. We know Kluber, when healthy, is <laughs> a good pitcher. Yeah. We know Carrasco, when healthy, is a good pitcher. So when a team's trading for established players, they recognize in pitching that mm-hmm. anytime a player can get hurt. You know ahead of time the risks that you're taking. You're giving up some of your future for present. Mm-hmm. The Indians did that when they traded that boatload of New York to get get Miller. And Sometimes it works for your advantage. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes all five players become all stars, and you sit here and say, Oh my God, what happened? Yep. Sometimes you ended up, you know, trading a future Hall of Famer. Detroit has done that. Yep. You know, it happens. But at the time, you want the player, the established player, to help you make a run. And that is how sports is done today in baseball. And now you trade for futures. You trade established players for futures. Mm-hmm. Very seldom do you see established players swapped in the Please, same yes. deal. It does happen, it does, happen, but does happen rarely. rarely. Very rarely.
2: With that said, where do you think the Indians go the next week or so? The next couple days. They traded it on Friday.
1: Well, yeah. Honest, uh, do you think they
2: stand, Pat? And just say, you know what? Let's.
1: I think they'll make some type of move, but I don't know if it's going to be a move that anybody's going to know about. Uh, I think it could be moving some younger guys who are blocked. Yeah, Uh, They just have numbers that they can't keep. They have younger players. players They have younger players that they have.
2: From double A on up, it would not shock me, like you said, to move this guy to make room for this guy on the 40 man or, you know. um, I think maybe, and it, do they have the August deadline this year? No. I, I didn't think Just so.
1: Just the one trading deadline. Which
2: I like, but Indians have done a really good job on the
1: August deadline. Um, so it works both ways. but, but I, yeah, It's nice to have a second opportunity. Yeah. That has now, if you but put anybody on actually, waivers, yeah. you claim them, they're yours. Yep. So, it'll be interesting to it see how that works. It shock me um,
2: if they... Uh, trade a Cesar Hernandez under club control and a cheap deal for this year and next year, a veteran with some pop. He can help somebody. Um, It wouldn't shock me either if they traded Ahmed Rosario because they have Andres Jimenez, who we've seen this year for a little bit. They have Gabriel Arias last year, who they traded for, who is probably going to be ready come September. Um, If Eddie Rosario was healthy, I think he would have been gone, so you can find room for Nolan Jones because you got to find out what you got him. You're not going to play him at third base unless you put Jose on the DL. Which I think that's uh, the chance of doing. That's kind of past. Listen to what Tito said, but that could always be
1: a possibility. Um, well, here's the thing: you named a few players. The infield, I think, there's not one player in the infield who could be, not be traded. And even though I think they would have to get the Socks knocked off to an unbelievable level to trade Jose Ramirez. Yes. I think,
0: right if now, someone I
1: blew don't. your socks off with five unbelievably oh, highly talented players, you wouldn't make the trade. Now it would be a tough sell to your fan base, but you can you, you, they could do it. The pill. Like right. if
2: Seattle came to me,
1: you're not. Let me ask you this: if the Indians traded Hernandez or Rosario or even both of them in the next forty eight hours. Mm-hmm. Would you think the Indians are any better off or worse than they are right now? No, your status quo, probably. That's my point. So, all they are is 40-man roster spots. Hernandez has some value. What will you get for him? Who knows? A low-level prospect,
2: maybe. Probably.
1: And you're not going to get a lot for anybody. No. That's
2: just the way it works. If Seattle came to me and... And I only throw Seattle out. A because
1: they need a second baseman.
2: Jerry Depoto loves to make deals. He's always willing right. and dealing. Uh, they call him Trader Jerry for a reason. You, 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 you as an that they need a second baseman. Jose can play third and second. They have a rich farm system. If they came to me and said, "We'll give you Kyle Lewis, Jared Kolsenek." who's the number one prospect, came up, had a great year against Austin, and went yeah. well, a huge slump, and now it, it's back at AAA. And Logan Gilbert, or Chris Flexen, I'm doing it. But i well, are yeah. not going to give you that. No, they're not. So, but that I but understand that what you're saying. What, yeah, that that's what, what it would it take. it would need, you know, for them yes. to, or even, even, if they said, we'll, we'll give you, you know, as the cops driver. Even if they said maybe Hanager, now, now like you said, this doesn't happen often. It has happened. But a Jose for Mitch Haniger and a couple prospects, I could see, but still not doing it. I need, I need either Kyle, Kyle Lewis or Logan Gilbert to even consider that deal from Seattle.
1: Well, and again, like you said, probably not even on the and table. It,
2: and Seattle will be absolutely stupid to do that, right?
1: And again, too, you're the going Ind- to listen to any trade offers because why not? You have nothing to lose. The Indians need to ask themselves, and it's not,
2: and it can't be now. And I think they will ask themselves in October. Hopefully, when Bieber and Savoli come back, now late August they're penciled in, so you get. A month and a half of that. A month of that. They need to ask themselves, with this roster we have now, and a couple tweaks here and there, and moves from AAA, can we be a competitive playoff team next year and 2023? If the answer is maybe or no, then Jose is being moved. Well,
1: I I, th- I see. US? I I don't think it has anything to do with it. I think purely if your socks gets blown off to an unbelievable level, and it has to be I an unbelievable level. That's well, well yeah. It's not even that you need you need to win this like five to one. Yeah. Okay. And that's just not going to happen. That's just my opinion. It's not going to happen. It's not realistic. Where the Indians are truly deficient is in the outfield. We know that. Yes. They're deficient in hitting, period. They average like six, seven hits a game. And one hit per inning. They don't get multiple hits within an exactly. inning. And that's, and that's what kills them. They get a leadoff double. They don't follow it up with a base hit. Over. Well, even they, they move them over, they don't get them home because they strike out. Yep. Or they pop up. My point is they can't get multiple hits. The few times they get multiple hits, they do score. Mm-hmm. But they don't get multiple hits in any. In an in a, inning no. throughout the ball game. That's why they're batting 229 as a team. You hit the nail on the head
2: last week when you said this team does not one thing well offensively. They are the baseball version of Youngstown State. We hit it so many times the nail on the head. They don't hit for power outside of a
1: streaky. Month. All right, here's here's some numbers for you. I I had a chance to do some research. Your infield. I'm just gonna. These are your batting averages for the players that play: 153, 159, 206, 227, 264, 252. All right. Here's your. Here's your trivia question. Who's batting 252? Jose Ramirez is. Who's batting 264? Ahmed Rosario is. Who's batting 206? Bobby Bradley is. Who's batting 159? Roberto Perez. No, Austin Hedges and Roberto Perez are. In yeah, that, yeah. It, Perez is one fifty three. Hedges is one fifty nine. Um, but Hernandez is two twenty seven and. 170-0. Yes. Right. Now.
2: Bradley, up
1: until. Here's here's the thing. Your two outfielders who are on the DL or the IL, excuse me. You have Rosario, Eddie Rosario, batting two fifty four, mm-hmm. who had forty six RBIs. And exactly seven home runs. Out. And then you had Naylor, who's out for the season, who batted two fifty three. That's your best outfielders, yeah. offensively. Now, the rest of your outfield slash DH, Reyes is batting .263, 17 diggers, 45 RBIs, all right? He missed six weeks, so he could over. Well, uh, again, yeah, uh, so, yeah. that's just where yeah. he's at. Everybody has weird numbers yeah. because of injuries. Zimmer? Is batting two forty. Ricardo is batting two thirty six. Ramirez, that's Harold, is batting two sixty nine. He's your highest He's hitting outfield. He's your highest out- hitting player on the team. Johnson's batting two o five. And utility player and Chang is batting one eighty five. And Clements batting two thirty two. Yeah, Clements turned it on the last couple of games. Woo. Well, um, not turning it on much. Well. He's no better than anybody else no, on the not. team. That's my point. You don't have anybody batting 270. No. This entire team. Rosario. You're batting 229 as a team. And Feth with 395 RBIs.
2: Harold um, was 280 last week and went into a 1 for 14 spell. Um, Ahmed was having 285, 286. And then he, and then teams started realizing oh, wait. Let's not throw him fastballs. Let's throw him sliders. Well, he's chasing
1: everything outside. So, well, here's the thing. Here's the stat that stands out: they have struck out 831 times and reached base on base on balls 269. 831 to 269. Yeah, as a team, that's embarrassing. Well, that shows you a partly what Major League Baseball is today, but more importantly. It shows you that this team is who they are. They chase balls that are out of the strike zone. They don't put themselves in good hitting position. The reason why you have runner at second base, nobody out, and can't get them home is they pop up and strike out yep. too much. They chase balls you, that they shouldn't be. Do you think that's a reflection of the hitting coach? No. Do you I think, think it's a reflection of talent. Talent? Yeah. I think you have inexperience and... Talent that is going to get better. Like I, here's the problem, though. Mercado's not a good defensive player. No, he's no, he's not. Ramirez the, is not a good defensive player.
2: Oh god, Harold Ramirez is terrible defensively.
1: Johnson's is not a good defensive player. No. Okay. Zimmer, Zimmer is Zimmer's your best outfielder, and he's uh, he's he's, okay, he's Mediocre,
2: but like Rick Manning said yesterday, here's the Indians' biggest problem defensively. It's yeah, they're making physical. But the mental errors of uh, where the throw of the ball, giving up an extra ninety feet. Like yesterday, perfect example. He gives up a double in the first inning McKenzie did. And he walked the guy. He yeah. got first and second. Well hey. getting out on a fly ball to center field. Zimmer throws the ball to third base when he has no shot to get the guy. That allows the guy from first to move up to second. The next pitch thrown by McKenzie, a ground ball to third. That would have been a 5-4-3 double play if if they were to turn it. We all know how the innings do not turn a uh, double play this year.
1: Well, again, that shows the defense. But I'm going to even go uh, to the starting pitching here for you. Now, since we lost our three best yes. pitchers you know, uh, this season now, we have one back in act, but the other two is Savali. And Bieber are not available, and probably, like you said, won't be available yeah, sometime in August. August. Yeah, yeah. All right. We had fun and celebrated when the Indians were thirty-eight and twenty-eight. Yeah. They are now forty-nine and forty-eight. So they've won eleven games and lost twenty in that time period since they were thirty-eight. And 28. But at 38 and 28, they had Beaver still, they had Savali, and they had Polisak still. And they were
2: only four and a half games out of those. But yep. they
1: had their top three pitchers in, in the. Now they struggled in the four and five spot because mm-hmm. they really they couldn't they identify. The, yeah. They couldn't identify who the fourth and fifth starters were. No, they was a couple They didn't go a couple innings. Right. But they just. And that's but, really yeah. what has happened since. So the players who have replaced those between Polisak. Mm-hmm beaver and Savali, and just the starting five in general here's their records for the season are you ready one and six facing me here one and four it's mckinsey yeah henges one and four morgan one and three allen one and five quentrell is uh two and two with the best era on the team as a starter at three point eight four, and Quants has gotten better right. each start, yeah. And then Plezak, who's just returned, he's five and three with a four point three ERA. All right, that's why you're not winning ball games, guys. This is all about pitching. Now, defense, you're one hundred percent right. Makes it even worse. Makes it harder to come yeah. back because you're giving up extra runs because of errors. How many? And, but listen to these records. Those guys. Not out, you know? one player other than Plezak and Quantrill have had. Multiple wins as a starter. How many? Um, how many walks does that group have? Do you know? I don't have that in front of me, but it's quite a few. <laughs> it's a few between, but All right. Can't be a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I be honest, I did, it just kind of scared me at the, the look at that number. Um, ERAs for the bunch. The lowest ERA taken Quantrill out of the and Plesac out of the conversation take a guess what the lowest ERA between Mejia, McKenzie Hentges, Morgan and Allen are Morgan? No No No.
2: I'm going to have to say J.C.
1: Mejia then. No, God no Hentges? It's actually Logan Allen? It's actually McKenzie 5.61 5.61 That's terrible Okay, well, Mejia's at 7.52, Henches is at 8.23, Morgan's at 7.47, and Allen's at 9.13. Let me say this, and maybe I'm being uh, the president
2: of the Eli Morgan fan club. Um, his truly only awful start came in a monsoon. I was there with 50-mile-an-hour gust of wind in his debut, Against a Blue Jays Even team. if you
1: take that one out, he has a huge high high ERA. He's uh, I mean, probably five. It's around six, seven. But um, what you, what I'm trying to point out is the talent level of what you're asking to win ball games as starters. Up until this past week, when they actually played the Rays, was just shocking to say this. It was the first time. I think since May, you had four pitchers go six innings. So that's the problem. You have starters that go less than four or five innings. You had Henches not get out of the second inning. You've had Morgan not get out of the second inning. You've had McKenzie not get out of the first inning. That kills your bullpen. You're asking so much out of your bullpen that as time goes by, they get worn down. And then you get, you're asking guys to appear three, four days in a row, usually the third or fourth day, they're going to get crushed. Do you think? There's no, I mean, my point is, until they fix the starting pitching staff, and I don't care where how you fix it. Now, they have a number crunch on the 40-man roster. Mm-hmm. So, hypothetically, maybe you trade some of those guys we we're talking about who are, you know, whatever the case yeah. may be, and pick up a starter just for this year. Just someone you can throw out there every five days and get you five, six innings. That'd be a huge bonus for this team. Right now, going forward. But the thing is, you can't find that player because he's not available. As, say, September 1st comes,
2: you got Fever, Slavali, Plesek, one, two, three, September 1st. That's going to be your, your top three. What two pitchers out of that are you going four and five?
1: Well, it's Quant you yes. know you know that okay I, yes. we you know so I, basically, I thought he should have started the season, but I understood why they put him in yeah, the bullpen I, I, for the strength I, 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 of you the too. bullpen It totally you know Paul control for and and because I want to develop them both of them I think long term development could be quality fourth and fifth starters.
2: Here's what impressed me, and um he's had better outings. He's had much better outings. But the thing that impressed me Thursday night, Quantrill's strike-to-ball ratio when he was taken out of the game.
1: I think he threw two more strikes and balls. Like, it was not much. No. He's, he he's all- pretty much always pitching from behind. He, yes, he was, he's, he's always, always pitching, always from, pitching behind. from behind. He, he has, behind. has been. Really, since the Indians acquired him, that yes. was the one thing. When he was in the bullpen, He's a little bit more aggressive, and he had less pitching, and not necessarily as Often is behind, but he was always pitching for behind. He's, he's always been a pitcher who does not necessarily get strike one, strike no, two he first. He will put guys on the bases. He won't
2: put traffic on the bases. But, but they all do that. Right now, because he's been in the league a couple years, he's pitched well since the, his last five or six starts. Yes. Um, ever since like the beginning of the, June, excuse me, I thought he's done a better job each week. Now, the numbers may not reflect it. Like on Thursday, he was almost even strike to fall, but he made pitches. He didn't need to do any The offense done one run. And it should have given up zero if we could play the ball off the wall. Well, again. And, and again, again. Again, you
1: are who you are. Yeah. Like I said, the Indians' defense. They are who they are. There's no way to change that. You're not midseason going to get better outfielders to make better decisions. Or you're not going to get a shortstop who could throw to first base. Or a second baseman who's going to make the routine play. That's not going to change. This is who they are in 2021. They are willing to accept that going into the season hoping that they would improve. They're not going to improve. You have a shortstop who you you desperately wanted to get in the lineup. You put in center field. Yep. Truth of the matter is, he still may be your future center fielder. Yeah. We don't know that for a fact yet because, as you mentioned, we got a plethora of shortstops yeah, coming up, and there's a lot of opportunities. There's no question. If you, in the next forty-eight hours, if they trade. A Hernandez, or even a Rosario, but a yep. Hernandez. Let's use that as second I think base. Hernandez
2: is probably the... The most logical. logical most
1: logical. Yep. Whatever they get in return doesn't really matter. No. It really doesn't. Because then Jimenez comes up and plays yeah. second base, I would and even, you get to see him the next two months. The Indians are in even, this style right now of making decision on players. I've been saying this for two months. They need to make decisions on players. These players that I just talked about that are mm-hmm. in the pitching staff, Mejia and Allen and McKenzie and Hentis and Morgan, they have to make decisions on make these guys. Your, I can make your decision on Logan Allen right now. Well, you, again. He can go pitch at uh, Field of Dreams. Again. It takes time to make a decision on a player. There actually may be hope there. I'm not saying there is. I'm not saying, oh, he's going to no. make it. My point is many players go through many peaks and valleys, especially early in their career. What the Indians need to do is be able to examine them at that major league level and make decisions. Some of these players, all five of them may not be back. Mm -hmm. Two of them may be back. Four of them may be back. We don't know. But the only way to find out is baptism of fire. The Indians have gone. If you're an Indians fan, you've seen this in the early 2000s. You've seen this way back before the 90s when they turned good. So you have to make decisions on players. You have to let them grow. You have to give them an opportunity to play. I would even. And as crazy as it sounds, Anthony, you've been through the hardest part of your schedule right now. You have some games coming up, but the most yep. part, July was a beast to play. And that was almost. And ridiculous. you're going to come out 500 as a team, a little bit better, maybe, because they're one game over 500 mm-hmm. with a couple games to yep. play here and a week to play here in July. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance in July you still may be three, four games above. I'm not saying a playoff spot's necessary or even needed. There are only three games out of the second wild card. No. I'm not. My point is, no, yeah, half, I thought. No, that's out of the first one. Three, three really? games out of the second one. I thought
2: they were seven and a half out of...
1: I'm pretty sure it's only three. I could be wrong. I didn't d- double check it. But... I
2: haven't looked at standings in a couple weeks. I've given up with that.
1: Well, there's no reason to look at it. I've always said that standings are overrated in July. But my point is that you can make a lot of choices coming out. It might be four games out. They but...
2: are five games out of a second wild card spot,
1: nine and a half back of the first wild card Right. Spot. Okay. Five games. Legitimately... By the end of the month, you could be two games back or three games back. And I'm you, not saying it's going to happen, but it could happen. And you still get the Angels and the
2: A's. Look, I'm not.
1: I, well, I it doesn't matter. My, my game point game. is, there's still a lot to play for. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what well, I would suggest, though. But and I, you have to have you have to have a bifocals on here. You got to look lo- short term, up close, what's going on. And you have to look distance. If, meaning you have to make decisions on players coming up and you have a plethora of players you have to make decisions on and that and the trading deadline will help you make those decisions some of them not all of them but some of them hopefully and then each game is as a test we're going to find out of those pitches we mentioned Mejia and Allen and uh, McKenzie we're going to find which one may prove to them that yes that's our fifth starter. Two things. If they deal a Ahmed Rosario
2: or more likely Cesar Hernandez, I think those are probably the two guys that are probably the most likely to be dealt. Uh, I could be wrong, but...
1: I would even wouldn't be surprised if Zimmer was dealt. I was thinking that also. And here's what's, I'm not saying he has I'll a great value. That, I just wouldn't be surprised. I think... If you DLA
2: Ahmed Rosario or Cesar Hernandez, more like Cesar Hernandez, like I said, because yeah. of the pop the He's veteran, a veteran yeah. exactly. He's under He's 31 a really years cheap old. contract for right. this year and next year the option. Um I'd bring up Gabriel Arias. And that's not because I don't like Andres Yemenus. We've seen Yemenes. He'll be in up in September. We know that. I would bring up Arias and just see what he can do. We saw what. Well, I Congress think Yimnick the idea is
1: they have to make a decision on Jimenez. Yes, they do. So, if I understand, if that. Hernandez gets dealt, I think Jimenez goes to the second base, okay. and they in September you may see Arias. Yep. Okay. Okay. But the first look is Jimenez because they want to make a decision. When do on him.
2: you give Nolan Jones a look?
1: It's probably September. probably September. It'll, September call ups are what. Oh, that's the reason they they they're don't there have, for. They. It's only extended
2: to 28 or 29. They don't have – I don't I'm, think they're back at 40, are they? I I, thought they I'm not sure exactly
1: what the new rule is. But you, what my understanding, I thought it was 28 active that day. Okay. So you'd like a
2: taxi squad, basically,
1: right? Basically, yeah. You can okay. have, let's say, a 32-man team, but only 28 20, could be active. And, and yeah, okay. your starting pitchers – who started that previous week have to be counted as yes, one of those players. That makes sense. Now that's my understanding. I don't know. Here's, but yeah, basically you would be expanding it two or three players, depending on it.
2: Philadelphia, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Astros, A's even. They all need open help and like you said, it would not shock me if Bradley Zimmer is included in a deal. It, I, it wouldn't shock me, Tim, if we package Shaw and Zimmer in a deal.
1: It would not surprise me if Classe or Karen is traded.
2: Who who do you think would be the more likely one to go?
1: I think people would be more interested in Karen because now it's interesting is now that the the breakdown on sticky stuff yes that yes. his rate has gone down tremendously and and we saw that there
2: a night i saw it there the
1: night a night well, well my point is i mean that's across the board so i we're getting a, a new look at new players that you know and what they what they can achieve and i think that has played a big part of the the difficulties I that think, certain pitchers have had yes. for the Indians going forward. Oh, look, everyone does it. I'm not throwing barbs at anybody, but, but I think right now – the numbers are there. Yeah. Yes. What Karinchek's going through is you notice that his spin rate yeah. is not oh, as high yeah. as it once was and his his strikeout numbers aren't there. Kn- he still could spin the ball. Yeah. It's just maybe not at the same rate it was before. Yes, I,
2: I agree with that. Um I also think, I think what you said has some merit. We're not saying it's a definite fact, but we'd be naive and stupid to sit here and say, oh, no, he was never using sticky stuff because almost every pitcher was probably using a little bit of
1: it. Somebody, uh, somebody, something was, it's not cheating when it was accepted part of sport. What happened is they made a decision in Major League Baseball to make change during the season, and this is what the result. I think also a little bit of his problem, in Class A's problem, is between the years. Well, they're young, it's, inexperienced. It's Look, we, we can talk about all the players on the Indians' 40 man roster. Most of them are inexperienced players, Anthony. They don't have a lot of games. Most of them have not even played a. If you're a starter, let's say let's use yeah. let's use Zimmer as a perfect example. Okay. I, I don't have his stats in front of me, but I don't think he's played more than 80 games at the major league level in one season. Maybe 85 games.
2: Well, I looked this up.
1: He may have, a, but there's not. It's not 120. It's not 130 games no, no, in one no, year. No, no, no. Okay. Well, I looked this up? And you can say the same thing about Naylor when he was here. This was his first full season playing before he got hurt. Where he actually had a chance to show what he can do.
2: 2017. Don't we get, it wouldn't shock me either if Nick Wicker
1: is traded also. Well, I don't think he'll be traded. I don't just don't think there's a market Here's for him. Here's
2: my... Okay. So, Bradley Zimmer. 2017, he's caught up at 101 games. Okay. Okay? Since then, you, right. how many games combined do you think he's played from 18 to 21?
1: Oh, uh, I'd say maybe... S- Ah, uh, about 45 games.
2: He's played in 112 games. Okay. He played in, and that's only because he's played in 46 games this year. He's played in 34 and 18, 9 in 2019, 20 last year, 46 this year so far.
1: He played 20 games last year? Mm-hmm. No shit. Yeah. I didn't think he played I didn't any. either, but that Obviously, I didn't even think he, he made the Major League team last year. But, uh, hey, he's, what on? Do it doesn't really matter. He's hitting two twenty eight. But my point is, that's no... So, he has 200 games at the Major League level over five years. That's not a, a sample size. All right? Same with Rosario. Rosario played last year with the, with the Mets. Yeah, yeah. But it was a 60-game season. You can't really even compare it to this year. Uh, I think the year before he had a big year, he played 18, in like 100 games. Yeah. But my point is, that's where you're at. None of these players have experience. This team is inexperienced. They don't have players who played three, 400 major league games. Reyes has probably played the most games on this team.
2: Ahmed Rosario in 18 and 19 played 154 and 157 games. Last year, 46. So far, this year, 90. Right, and he's one of your more experienced players. In eighteen, he at two fifty six, and nineteen, he at two eighty seven. Right, two fifty two last year, two sixty four so far this year. Right,
1: so he's his career average two sixty seven. He's two sixty four this year. Jose Ramirez, we know he plays every day. Shortstop, we have a brand new shortstop, and he hasn't played that every day at shortstop. He has now since June, but prior to June, he was in the outfield and playing shortstop. So, combination different, you know, two different. Really d- unique positions. Yes. Second base, Hernandez plays. He's thirty-one years old. He's played plenty of games. Mm-hmm. First base, you have a brand new first baseman. You had two f- brand new first basements this year, and you know Bradley's played in about forty games, forty-five yep. games. All right, since he's been called up. My point is, your outfield is. You had one veteran in Rosario. He's injured. Everybody and else, I want to loop low, too. He's injured too. Right. <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? Jordan Lupo bats 185. Who cares? Yeah. I mean... No, no. I mean, I like the person. But honestly... That's what he is. He's a 200
2: hitter. It
1: doesn't matter. That's a good year. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's the problem. You, this team bats 229. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And in...
2: Now I know this is going back. I, I watched the video a couple days ago. I thought it was hilarious. The Indians in, two, in 1999 for a month get 263 and they were pushing a panic button going what the hell's going on here yeah well and now we're if man. we hit 240 for a month we're ready to build statues well
1: this is like who they said, are they this... don't do one thing well well this is who they are do this you... is a rebuilding year you... they're going to win the next amount of games because the league is not that great no the league's terrible I'm well league. just in generally speaking the indians have basically 50 wins in the first 100 games, they've played 97 games. They got 49 wins. Let's just round it up to 50. They have another 50 to go. They're not going to go 10 and 40. It's not going to happen. They're going to go probably in the next, you know, the next 50 games, probably close to 25 and 25 in that range. So where are they at? 75 to 80 wins. They get 85 wins. It's just because they got on a little streak. This is where they're at. This is who they are. This is the year that they decided early on, going into spring Mm -hmm. training, there was optimism. There's always optimism. But reality hits you in the face pretty fast. This team does not hit. It does not get on base. It does not drive in runs. And That was
2: going to be my next question. When you get on base, you can't even afford to steal a
1: guy, but if you get thrown out, your inning's over. Well, ironically, they have the best percentage of stealing. Which just tells me that, A, they the, the amount of steals they attempt is not very high. Nope. And, B, they don't have the players on base just, to nope. steal a nope. base. So, it doesn't really matter. Rosario has a nice percentage. You know, Zimmer can Zimmer's get a nice percentage. Okay. Yeah, they all... Ramirez gets his 12, 15 in a year. My point is they will take the base when it's available. They're not on base enough to take that space. All right. If they are, it's with two outs. So how two many sh- two-out singles have we seen this year with nobody on? Quite a few.
2: Yeah, it's like a, they are to me. They're a single-sitting team. Count how many hits they have. Seven, eight hits a night. How many of them are singles? Six, seven hits? Six or seven. If they eight? get eight, I'm
1: thrilled. Uh, they get about five to seven hits a game. Yeah. And they and get one hit per those yeah. five innings out of the nine. That's the problem with this team. And that's why they're batting two eight 29. And when they do have runners in scoring position, they can't get them home. The one month in June where they got hot, they won the games. Yeah. That's why they were 38 and 28. That's right, They were driving in runs and scoring. They were outscoring their pitching staff. Now the margin is so thin. When you're up four to three in the ninth inning and one of your play- one of your pitchers give up a tying run, you're not in good shape to win the ball game. No. Or in the eighth inning and you lose it in the ninth inning, whatever the case may be. But this is who they are. This is a team in transition. This is a team that's learning who's their pitchers going forward. They know their top three starters. They don't know number four and five. They don't know who in the back end of the bullpen is going to take control, if it's going to be Class A or Karinczak as of today, assuming that they both are with the team going forward. The reason you have two closers is because we don't have one. It's the same thing like... You have two quarterbacks. YSU as a quarterback. They don't have one. Exactly. Same basic... Preference, and that's this, you know why do you think over the years Francona kind of sets up his bullpen the way he does because he knows he can count on a guy in the seventh and the eighth inning mm-hmm. to get to the ninth inning to win ball games, and he's willing to you know Cody Allen stayed as a closer when you got Miller why because Cody Cody Allen was doing the job and yep. Miller can fill in multiple roles for you that's why it worked that way. Since Cody Allen, you know, failed and moved on in life and is not in baseball no more, the Indians really haven't had a great closer. Mm -mm. And that's where they're at. We're going to find out if Class A, which personally, I compare him to Ernie Camacho, and that's years gone by before you were born. But he's better than Ernie Camacho, but not much. (laughs) Um I tell you what, but my point He makes you want to get the asses out when well, he comes in. They both do. Yeah, they're nervous. They're young. They're inexperienced. It's going to take time. On great teams, one of them would take control, and you would have been. Yep. If this was three years ago, you would feel really good about them closing games because you would have got to them with yep. leads of two, three runs, and they would have they're been in nervous, great shape. Yeah. But that's not the case yeah, now. Yeah, you're right. When the Indians are in close ball games late in the ball game, and one of their relievers give up a, a run. It's over. It is over, but my point is that's just baseball because this team is unable to usually come back. Yesterday was unique. They scored two in the eighth, and they won the ball game, a close game.
2: They actually got him on, go, got him over, got him in. It was. Well,
1: they played baseball, you
2: know. Uh, it my was point, amazing to see. My, I was surprised Brown
1: didn't strike out. Well, my point is – the team in transition you have players you have to make decisions on and going forward and that's where they are it's okay you an organization the size of the cleveland indians or the cleveland guardians in the future you're going to have a window of opportunity and you have to seize that opportunity to best your ability to give yourself an opportunity to win a championship 2016, they seized it, made all the mm-hmm. trades this time of the year, getting Miller and, and making all the moves they needed to put them in position, and it got us to game seven of the World Series in extra innings. The following year we had the big win streak mm-hmm. in, in August. It was phenomenal. It was one of the greatest memories yep. that we all have. Unfortunately, they tailed off in the in the postseason every year since. Yep. So now it's a new group. We're not going to spend 70. million, $180 million on a payroll until they prove that they're worth it. And even then they never did. But my point is this organization is not San Diego, which has a billionaire owner who wants to spend the money or the New York Mets. This organization is maybe the third or fourth smallest organization in market size Mm -hmm. in baseball. You know Tampa is small. Cleveland's small. Baltimore. Baltimore. Well, not Baltimore, but I would say uh, Minnesota, but again, you have to make decisions as an organization. Kansas City is smaller than you, but Kansas City also will spend money when they have the opportunity. Yep. And now they have an owner who would, who used to be with the, to Indians. the Indians. And money. that gave them that influx of money. So we'll see going forward what happens to the Indians. But this is a transitional year. As bad, as tough as it is, they do happen, and it's not the end of the world. You make decisions. That's what makes it interesting. That's why watching a game today, to me, win or lose, I want them to win, but I'm not worried if they win. I want to see how they play. I want to be able, for me as Joe fan, to sit down and watch and say, I like Karinczyk. This is my closer, or this is my setup mm-hmm. guy. I don't like Klaasé. Or, I like Rosario as shortstop. I don't like him defensively. Yeah. Okay, what can I do here? Where, where's the fit? Do they move on from him or do they keep? These are the questions I enjoy as a fan. Because I know darn well that this team isn't built for October. This team's not built for June. But my point is... You hey, have they're to... built for June, not built for July. Well, yeah, that's true. But my point is just that about growth it's about making decisions it's about understanding where you're at and where you're going if you have a goal to go forward and i do believe the organization has proven it that they do make good quality decisions they have made really good trades that have worked out not every trade is going to work out we all know that but they've made uh, quite a few that have they're going to have to fix the outfield the outfield's a mess it's been a mess for a couple years right they're going to have to figure out how to fix it if that's Spending money for the outfield, or if it's making trades, they're going to have to fix the outfield. They, you know, That's a major problem for this team. And it's going to be going forward. The infield, your middle infield, needs to be settled. Yeah. You don't have a shortstop, probably don't have a second baseman going forward. So you have to make that decision. As much as you have to make a decision behind the plate. Yeah, you do. Not saying... Because right now, Perez is scheduled to make $7 million next year. He's not worth it. Well, that's for the Indians to make that decision on. We'll find out if they do value him at that level. I don't know. As an offensive player, you would say no. Mm-hmm. As a defensive player, you could probably say he's probably worth it. I mean, he had his first pass ball in four years last – or 2018. That was the last last week. Mm-hmm. So he has value. It's just, is it $7 million worth value? It's just like they made the decision, you know, on other players. They have to make decisions on certain players going forward. They do have players coming up. Uh, for example, if you traded a Perez this week, I can understand that team might need a defensive yep. catcher. Mm-hmm. And you move on from him. Well, you have Henches for the rest of the year. You've got Naylor coming up through the, the ranks. You, you have who can fill. right. You had two players that, you know, or journeymen that came in and filled. So you can make adjustments. My point is, these are the decisions that the Indians' front office has to make going forward. And they're not going to be easy decisions, but the only way to make them is to put the players in position to play for we can then look at them. And if moving Hernandez this week gives the opportunity to bring up. Jimenez for the rest of the season, Mm -hmm. that's 60 games you get to evaluate him. Plus what he did in April. And you go forward. And then you make decisions on players. You have to make a decision on center field because center field and up the middle is vital. So you're shortstop, second baseman, and center fielder. You have to find an answer there. And not just defensively, but offensively. offensively too. And that's where the Indians are at. Indians are right now in a, in a mode where they have to look at the players they have fielded and figure out which ones are going forward, which ones are going to move on front, and which ones are they going to give future chances to. If it's Nolan Jones, if it is Daniel Johnson, mm-hmm. we don't know that today. But hopefully, by the end of September, we have an idea of who the players going forward are. And that, to me, is where the Indians are at. And, and it has a lot to do with our pitching staff. You're going to, right now, the starting pitching has to turn a corner to give innings. To give players a chance to win ball games. You can't be changing pitchers in the second and third innings like they have been. That kills a bullpen. That kills a pitching staff. You don't have a chance. So when Hintage is starting and he gets you only two innings, it kills you. Unless he's doing it as a bullpen day. But that's not the case. most of the time. So, this is where they're at. I accept that fact. Do I think they can still win 85 games this year? Yes. Do I think they will? Probably not. I think probably when it comes right down to it, they're going to win 81, 82, 83 games. Now, with that said, could 85 be that far out of reach? No. Could 75 be... That number, yeah. yeah, it could be yep. with this pitching staff. I think it's very well could buy, yep. be that number. As soon as Bieber and Savali get back, the better this team will be going forward because you'll actually have players who have proven themselves at the major league level as starting pitchers mm-hmm. can give you the innings and give you the opportunity to win ball games. Until that happens, you're stuck with Mejia, and you know, honest. He's did better in the bullpen as he does as a starter. But you have no choice. You have to start him. And that's where the Indians are at. And I I don't know. I mean, it sounds like a broken record. We've been going around over and over again. And I don't know what else to add.
2: Uh, We can add that we're less than 30 days to high school football.
1: We're here. Football season is here.
2: I mean, we're getting to the point now where in a week or two,
1: this is going to be scrimmage time. We're here. It's football season. It is football season. I mean, All the NFL camps are opening this week. Are they? Yes, most of the, the most of them basically the reported Cowboys today. Yeah, for, a for about a week. The, yeah, yeah the Hall of Fame game next yeah. week. But but everybody else is open this week. I think the Browns open today. Uh, I believe most teams are open by Thursday at the latest. So football season's here. College football is just around the corner. The GDFL is being played, and I got a game with Mark on Saturday up in Cleveland. Speaking of college football, that might be the whole podcast next week, because that is
2: an ever-changing landscape by the hour now, it seems like.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, that is...
1: It's uh, time for us to transition from, as much as we love baseball, and we'll still talk about it, but we will be moving into a football part of the season. are, Tim. And we're three weeks from a high school football be season. Be
2: excited about this or not excited about this. Kind of lukewarm right now. But we're almost a month away from the first ice report. I know.
1: Which is. And. I mean. I hope they found. Football season's here. I, I'm going to say it over and over again. Football season's here. If We knew it was going to come quick this year because of last season. Yeah, it hit me. Um,
2: you know. You know. You know, because I remember we always had a running joke of, "Hey, the fastest ten weeks from school, or the fastest ten weeks of the year is here," and sure, the fastest ten weeks in the year is high school football season. But we keep joking, "Hey, we're this far away from high school football, we this far away from high school football," and I know, and I knew we were getting until late July, and early August, and you, know, you start to see the back school stuff out the stores. But it didn't really hit me till last Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday, we're talking to my mom and my uncle about ticket for this game, how many tickets we need for this game, how many hotels we need for this game, and I am like, holy crap. Like, it's here. It is. It's like, you better get it now or you're not going to get it. We'll
1: be talking NFL training camp next week. We'll be talking college football. We'll be talking baseball. It's here. We'll be talking Olympics, I guess, too. Yeah, did. Yeah. It's, uh, it's here. <laughs> I, I, I was going to wake up yesterday at 8 a.m.
2: and watch Team USA uh, play France in basketball, and I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to. And I'm glad I didn't. I see uh, that we. Uh, all
1: right. Uh, let me say this real quick this team lacks a true leader. Yep. They don't have the killer. Well, they need a leader. They don't have have a a leader. They don't have a a go-to leader. You go back to 2008, it was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant was the man. When they needed a bucket, they went to Kobe Bryant. And And then the following two was LeBron James. And Carmelo. And Carmelo, yes. But my point is, you had true leaders Mm -hmm. on the court. This team is made up of all-stars, and they're really good all-stars but i don't see a leader. The best leader i see on this on this on this court, and he just joined the team in the last week or two is Drew Holiday. Yes. yes. So truth of the matter, disappointing loss, it's going to happen. Truth of the matter is all they have to do is finish top 2 in pool play and, and they're they fine. Win this and they and they'll be uh, they they'll be into the, the, the medal rounds and we'll see what happens. If they don't make the medal rounds, that's, that's the story. Then it starts uh, like what Then the that's year? the story. But yeah, uh France is a very good team and they, they proved has it. Been.
2: Yep. Always happen. It's uh, And
1: when there is a big difference between a team that plays together all the time yep versus a team that's put together. Yep. And that's where the NBA is and, and with the, feeders, the Olympics yeah. is that they just put it together. Yeah. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And Right now, you can see the players. I think are just tired because the season so the, just yeah ended. Well, because the yeah. COVID
2: season and everything else. Yeah,
1: uh, you were saying about football real quick. That breeze that just came through right now—that yeah. feels like an August night. It does. All right, Anthony, let's wrap this one up, and we will talk to you all next week. Just remember to tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. Give us a rating and review wherever you may download this podcast. For Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you next time right here on Radio MVP.